Here we are again. Another week has gone by, and we're ready for another episode of Chappy Chats. I'm so glad you could join us for this week's episode. Here in our part of the country, it seems like spring is everywhere. We're called green country here in northeast Oklahoma, and everything does indeed seem to be turning green again. Also, we're coming around the time of Easter when many people celebrate their religious beliefs, and we are reminded of new life, just as spring reminds us of that. Yet, as I was attending my service this week, an idea was brought up about how not to be offended. And the idea that to be offended, in its original definition, at least from a spiritual point of view, meant a trap. In other words, when you became offended, you set up a trap. A trap that traps yourself. Now, you may be wondering how that takes place because, after all, it was the other person who did something that was offensive to you. Now, this is not going to be a discussion of what is offensive and not offensive because that varies from person to person and varies from culture to culture. But what I do want to discuss this week is the fact that maybe we've set ourselves up for a trap that is leading us to the place of division we find ourselves in. And not just the fact of being offended or not offended, but also uh, this fact of values and truth and relative truth and absolute truth, that maybe as these mesh together, we've created a situation that is keeping us from advancing in our relationships with other people, other cultures, other ethnicities. So first, let's begin with this idea of being offended being a trap. Well, usually, if people are rude, crude, and socially unacceptable, as they used to say when I was a young child, they probably don't care whether you're offended or not. They don't care if your feelings have been hurt. They probably moved on and forgot about the whole situation. But yet you are trapped because you hold on to it. You nurse the hurt. You rehearse why they shouldn't have done this and why you didn't deserve it. And all that reasoning may be true, but in the end, you're the only one caring about it. They are not. They've moved on and gone on with their life and gone on to offend the next person by their words and their actions. You know, some people just really don't care. They only think about themselves, and they never really think about what their words and their sayings do to other people, how they affect them. Now, most of us are guilty of that at one time or another. We all have walked through life where we've said or done things without thinking and sometimes in thinking, but our thinking was wrong because we didn't have all the information and it was guided by the part of the country we're from, the ethnicity we're from, the culture we're from, and we didn't think long enough about how that plays out in another setting. And so we need to understand that. And we need to understand that, yes, we can be offensive. The key is, are we just offensive people, or are we people who happen to offend on occasion? That's a different subject, and I would contend that we all offend on occasion. Which brings me to the point of, if that's our nature, how are we going to change it? Well, first of all, I think we have to start with ourselves and make an admission that we can be offensive to others. We can do it intentionally or unintentionally, and we can't deal with with other people and how they take it, except other than apologize and learn and not do it again. But I'm more interested in the other side of it. What happens, not when you're being offensive, but when you're offended? Do you hold on to it? Do you forgive the person? Do you understand that maybe they were having a bad day? Maybe they weren't taught any better. Maybe they truly are just a person that doesn't give a rip. But in any case, what I'm asking you is, 
Could you take a moment to step back and consider the fact of whether you should point out their offense or you should not? Now, there are definitely times, as in our sermon I heard this morning, that you need to let them know. But you don't need to do it in a public way. You need to do it in a private way. You need to let them know that I forgive you. I understand maybe that wasn't your intention, but you need to know that hurt, and this is why it hurt. Because how can people grow if they don't know the problem? If they don't know what they did that was so wrong and why it was wrong, how can they change? And I might even ask, why would they change? Because they have no clue that this was wrong. The other aspect that I want to talk about today is the aspect of just something for you to think about. If it's true that people are just offensive people, How did they get there? Were they born as offensive people? Did they learn to be offensive people? Or is it our frame of reference that makes them offensive? Is it really offensive at all? And then to take it a step further, if they truly are offensive people and they're just born that way, then how do they change or how do they learn? And where I want to take this is in the realm of a lot of the reading I've been doing today. I think people are trapped into being offended because they make assumptions about other people without really knowing other people, knowing their experience, knowing their background, where they came from economically, ethnically, culturally. And they just make an assumption that says, you're a part of this group, and because you're a part of this group, this is how you are. And this is how you will always be. Well, that brings up a problem. If somebody cannot change how they are, and how they are is simply because they're part of a group, what hope is there for humanity? Another problem with that is, we live in a time when there's not very many absolutes. And yet, you're making up an absolute. You're saying because these people come from this situation, This is what they are, and they must admit it, and they cannot change who they are. So this is the question to the second thing I want us to consider, and that is, can we really educate someone? Can we really educate them to change? Can a person change if their heart is set in concrete by who they are, by the circumstance they were born in? Is there any hope for them? Well, I believe there is hope for them. I believe that they can change, and I believe that everyone can learn. There have been many things in the past that are not good from every ethnic and cultural background. All you have to do is study history and see the inhumanity to man that has occurred in every civilization. Groups that were despised and groups that were elevated. But it was all because of groupthink, and it was based on some circumstance of their life. And I don't think we should judge a person based on one aspect of their life or not, whether it be the culture they come from, the color of their skin, the language they speak, their position economically in the society, but rather it should be judged by their heart. What is the intent of their heart? Is their heart growing in compassion? Is their heart growing in acceptance? Is their heart growing in helping others? This is a thing I think needs to be thought about today, not just putting people into groups. Here's why I say that. You can take any group on the face of the planet. You can take Muslims, Christians, Jews. You can take environmental activists. You can take political activists. You can take any group you want, put them all together, and poll them, and not all of them will agree on every subject. Not all of them will agree on how they're going to obtain their outcomes because they are individuals. Recently, we've tried to do away with individuals and just lump people by groups. 
But the problem with that is we allow for no growth. We allow for nobody to mature and change because we've simply locked them in by a set of characteristics. And then we've said, you're the winner and you're the loser. And you can't change places. Well, if you can't change places and you can't become a winner, why try? And if you're a winner, why try? You've already won. There's nothing else to do. You're at the top of the heap. But you see, we're interconnected. And there can't be winners without losers and losers without winners. But it doesn't mean that somebody always has to be the winner and somebody always has to be the loser. If we quit this idea of lumping people into groups and we quit setting the trap for ourselves by being offended at all of these things, of putting ourselves in a prison. Because again, we're the only ones that think about it. But when we automatically assume a position because of being in a group or out of a group, and that is absolutely set that this is our position, we'll never see the way to a new position. We'll never see the way out of our problem. So let's try to be first less offensive by being more loving and understanding and by listening to people not putting in groups. When you come across somebody that's not in your group, listen to them. See what they have to say, and hopefully they'll listen to you. And if they come listening, and you go listening, as I've done over the past month with several different people, I think you'll find that you'll come closer together rather than be wider apart. I'll leave you with this thought. As one of my friends said, Ken, if we come together and we bring our ideas and our biases from our particular religious group and we sit down to discuss the Bible from these groups, we'll grow apart. But if we set aside those biases and just come together as two people seeking the truth from the scriptures, we'll find we'll come closer together. Not that we'll come in agreement on everything, but we'll draw closer together. And that's what I want to be the lesson this week. Don't be putting people in groups simply on one or two aspects. Because when you do that and you confine them to that group, you don't give them the chance to grow or yourself a chance to grow. And don't go out looking for what's wrong and how you can be offended this week. Don't set that trap for yourself. Set a trap of being open, if you want to call it a trap. I don't see openness really as a trap. Oh yeah, I know. It says if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being open for new experiences. That's what I hope you'll do this week, that you won't fall into the trap of just simply looking at someone, looking at their bank account, the color of their skin, the part of town they come from, the cars they drive, the clothes they wear, and make an assumption about that person. You have a blessed and wonderful week, and I'll see you next time on Chappy Chats.